Welcome back to the Effective Ministry Podcast, the podcast that helps you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your local church. My name is Tim Bealharts, a children's ministry advisor for YouthWorks in Sydney. This week, I was joined by Sam and Lex Hudson. Sam is the head of YouthWorks Christian Outdoor Education, or COE. YouthWorks is an organization with a wide variety of teams with diverse talents, and the COE team looks after our camping and adventure ministries. Much of their time is developing outdoor education experiences for school camps. You will hear Sam explain more of this vision during the interview. Lex is Sam's wife. She's a trained psychologist and shares Sam's passion for the outdoors, for outdoor adventuring, and the formative impact that being out in nature can have for children, adults, and, as we'll see, families. There were two reasons I wanted to get Sam and Lex on the podcast. First, I wanted you to hear more from the other teams of YouthWorks. Our Christian outdoor education team is a key part of the larger puzzle of how we want to see effective ministry to young people happen. And outdoor adventures, weekend and school holiday camps, these provide mountaintop moments where young people can investigate and wrestle with faith. The second reason was that Sam and Lex have recently piloted a new initiative of parent-child outdoor adventures. They want to help facilitate the opportunity for parent-child pairs to spend both quantity and quality time together in the outdoors. So we're going to hear about their first weekend adventure that happened recently and where they're hoping to take this project. As always, if you have questions, comments or feedback, please email me at effectiveministrypodcast at youthworks.net. Please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app that'll help others to discover this podcast. That's it from me for the intro. Here's my conversation with Sam and Lex Hudson. Well, I'm here with Sam and Lex Hudson. Thanks for jumping on the podcast, guys. How are you both going this morning? Yeah, great. Thank you. Doing well, Tim. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we want to talk primarily today about the parent-child adventures that you guys have piloted as um, part of your role at YouthWorks. But before we jump into that, Sam, I'd love if you want to just talk to us about uh, YouthWorks Christian Outdoor Education. It's another part of the uh, diverse portfolio that is YouthWorks. There are lots of things going on and we haven't had anyone on the podcast yet to talk about this part of what YouthWorks does. So do you want to give us a bit of a guide to Christian Outdoor Education? What is it? What's the vision for that part of what YouthWorks does? And then uh, also your role in that as well. Thanks, Tim. Christian Outdoor Education is providing uh, school camps to about um, 100 different schools uh, across New South Wales and Canberra, ACT. Uh, we have about 200 camps and about 15,000 students come uh, throughout the year. We employ uh, around 50 fully Christian people. Uh, we train them up over years and those Christian guides deliver world-class Christian outdoor education. Uh, we want to use God's creation to show off God. Uh, we want teachable moments to naturally occur throughout camp, whether you're uh, abseiling off a cliff or um, sitting beside uh, a stream, a river, a vista, and um, asking the question, um, what else is going on? Most of our schools are independent schools and have some kind of Christian affiliation. And so they uh, choose us because we are Christian, because we are partnering with them, or certainly their executive, uh, mm -hmm. certainly their board who want 
their school to have more Christian flavor, uh, despite often having not Christian teachers. So uh, our team provide that Christian culture while, while they're on camp. And part of the joy of that, I know, for your team is the ability to be explicitly Christian with a lot of the time you do, for many of the schools, you do Christian discovery. Is that what it's called? Yeah, certainly. The The standard camp is a, a three-day, sort of Wednesday to Friday or Monday to Wednesday, and that'll include two Christian discovery sessions, about 50 minutes, um, kind of a, a standard chapel session, I suppose, um, half an hour of up the front time, and then um, 20 minutes of discussion time. That's That's the official Christian bit, but we want our whole camp to just ooze the Christian flavor at every point. So we find that the experiential learning of, of being on the edge of a cliff or, or scared with the wind on, on a sailing boat leaning over is a moment just to speak about Jesus standing at the back of a, of a boat and telling the wind and the waves to slow down. And, and often those, those moments outdoors have a longer lasting educational value than, than what we're teaching inside. But that's not to say, obviously, the, the inside times are helpful for teaching. And this is going to play into the adventure package that you've piloted for parents and kids, but the outdoors is a really significant part and obviously massive in terms of these camping ministries and the way that Christian outdoor education runs. What's your reflection on the, the power of the outdoors? Like, why is it that the outdoors provides a different type of classroom environment, different kind of learning environment, experiential environment? for people to learn all sorts of things, and particularly in terms of faith. Yeah, um, Lex might be able to talk more about green space, nature play, but for from our experience, when we're taking people out of their comfort zones, that's when they're wondering about the bigger questions of life. When they're out of standard routine, habits, they're, they're thinking through, they've got time to think through, they've got time to question themselves, question the decisions that they've made that have <laughs> brought them to this, this point. The nature of outdoor adventure means that we're often in an environment or a context where we are out of control. Mm. And if you think about a classroom setting, we control the climate, we control the lighting, we control the acoustics to an extent, we control the, the comfort on the floor. We control the precipitation from the sky. Uh, when it's a rainy day at school, we, we often lock the kids up inside. Uh, when we're outdoors, none of that's within our control. And so we have the opportunity to work with that. And, and perhaps when I was new at outdoor guiding, I was fighting against it. No, kids, don't look at that turtle. Look at me. That is the way we're going to learn if I'm the teacher you will learn by listening to me. Now I play with it more and pause my agenda and, and tell everyone to turn around. And let's, <laughs> let's look at that turtle that's swimming in the, in the river. Let's, let's appreciate what's going on. It's popping up for air. What, what are the things that we can learn? What might God be teaching us through, through creation? A general revelation. And, and now let's open the Bible and let's, let's hear what, what he has uh, especially in store for us. Mm-hmm. Lex, you've done thinking on outdoors, green spaces, these kind of, you know, the place of engagement and formation outside in the world, in nature. What's your reflections on the power of that? Yeah, I think we all can understand from our own experiences what it's, 
how it is different to be outside, what it's like to be out in creation, out in, in a forest or by the beach or by the river or things like that. But there's now just stacks of research to back all of that up. You, you know, your quick Google, you'll find a whole lot of information about blue space, like being by the water, green space being out, you know, among the trees and things like that, and how helpful it is just generally for well-being. But also lots of research on things like awe, where kind of what, what Sam was touching on before, when you're out of control, but realizing that there's something much bigger and greater than you mm. is something that is just really important for our well-being and helps us to have a lot of perspective on things. So just looking at a big waterfall or a big, vast body of water and things like that just help us to reflect on those sorts of things in a different way. And also just generally being outdoors, particularly for kids and, and young people, they've found that they will naturally gravitate towards like picking up leaves and, and digging in dirt and doing those kinds of things that normally we in a controlled environment inside, we need something to stimulate us. Mm -hmm. But when we go outside, we get bored and then we start looking around us and touching things around us and we start to just really engage with our environment. Yep. No, that's great. So we've got the outdoor and that's going to be part of our story of, of these parenting adventures. The other one is the idea of households and, and parents and the relationship parents have with kids. One of the YouthWorks principles of effective ministry is that parents are primary disciples of their children. And for those of us, the majority of our audience are going to be church workers, youth ministers, children's ministers, school chaplains, who are partnering with those parents in the way that we help disciple young people. Lex, I'll throw to you again. What is the value of that parental relationship in terms of, you know, generally what, why it's so important about parents mm -hmm. and then also specifically the faith formation of that as well? Yeah, I mean, it's a big question, but I think I'll, I'll just kind of say generally that a child's relationship with their parent and their primary caregivers, it affects a whole lot of outcomes in their lives. Even things like they look at, you know, academic outcomes and you might look at, is it the school you're going to? Is it the type of learning style you have? And a lot of it comes back to, there's a lot of research that would come back to sort of saying, actually, your connection in your family home with your parents and whether you eat dinner together and things like that are some of the things that have the biggest impacts on even academic outcomes. So I think you can't underestimate the power of putting time and energy into parenting and yeah, having that, that time with your kids. And that's why we've been really drawn into this parent-child adventures, just because we can see it as a really important way to foster that connection, giving quality and, and quantity time with just a parent and child together. Sam, what about you? You've been involved in children's and youth ministry for a long time. You've also got your own family. What has been the power of your know, parenthood, your fatherhood? How do you see all of that playing together? Yeah, I've grown up with strong parents and parents who've prioritized parenting and discipling me and, and perhaps not farming that out. I've enjoyed quantity time with both parents. And when I think of all the quality moments that I've had with my parents, what has come before has always been quantity time. Mm. It's always been bulk periods of time going away with family that have been able to share intimately. Mm. Been on a few parent-child adventures with my dad and those memories are really special with other people, just, just the two of us in the car. Having such strong parents has meant I can see the value of that and I've, we've prioritized that for, for our kids as well. Mm. Uh, last year, 
uh, we spent six months of my long service leave traveling clockwise around the country. And our, especially we're just noticing our six-year-old then, our almost eight-year-old now, mm -hmm. is probably more clingy now than before we went away. Interesting. And I say the word clingy, and I'm not being negative about that term. I think he has a really strong connection with Lex and I now, more so before the, than before we went away. And I think it's just having six months in the car, sleeping in the same tent as us. Mm. <laughs> and, and coming back, the, the idea that he wouldn't be sleeping in the same room was daunting for him. Yeah. And I think just celebrating a healthy attachment with, with mm. each child. Yeah, that's really helpful. Let's think, particularly as Christian parents wanting to pass on faith, what have you seen in the ways that you've received from your parents or the way that you're seeking to pass on to your kids, that faith formative element? What, what's been important to you as parents raising Christian children uh, and the time that you spend there doing that? Hmm. I think uh, allowing them to drive the formation and going at their pace is super helpful. And that's something we want to do at COE, Christian Outdoor Education, we want to share the gospel when the students are curious about the gospel. Mm. When we talk about the creator, when they're looking at the stars, wondering where it came from, we want to be available, ready to answer that question. Um, not just in case they might ask the question and, and force feed it down their throat. A few years down the track, you're going to be asking about evolution. So we've got to talk about that right now. Mm. We want to be available and always open uh, for them to come and ask the question. We don't want them to feel stupid for not knowing the answer to it. We, we want their curiosity to drive it. Yeah, and I think kind of going back to the quantity and quality time is it's providing that opportunity to have a lot of conversation about anything and everything. And I think that's where a lot in, in our family, I think that's where a lot of our faith conversations come to the fore. And I guess throwing back again to the creation element, I think, I mean, I know that it's it's maybe more particularly important to our family than some other families who are not as outdoorsy as us. But I think we've come to realize that that's something where we really connect to our faith through that awe and wonder of being outside and, and seeing what God has created. Mm. And being able to share that directly with our kids is, is an important way of us having those questions and those conversations. Yep. That's wonderful. So let's talk about the Parent-Child Adventure Program. You guys have now piloted this for YouthWorks. You're combining this outdoor adventure element and the intentional parenting, faith formative parenting idea. Talk to us about what you did. What was the weekend? How was it structured? Sam, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, we went paddling uh, in canoes on Kangaroo Valley. There's in the Lake Yurunga, freshwater lake, remote camping in the middle on the, on the Saturday night. We chose canoeing. I've taken the kids a couple of times, just me and them on in this particular waterway. And I think it's really special because the canoe doesn't work without two people working at it. There's a captive audience. You're spending hours, it's 20 kilometers. It's, it's a substantial paddle, um, tiring. And when the canoe is paddled well, or when the two paddlers are paddling in unison, the thing goes it works and you you have a sense of of progression and movement the paddling in time is important and all of that happens over the hours of the weekend mm. and and there's no it, 
the canoe works when you push off from the shore the first time and you can make it go forward, but there's an element of perfecting it over time. And I loved being able to coach the dads and, and the kids to be able to get their technique better to, to feel the joy of effectively moving through the water. So the, the basics that I think the canoeing works really well and keeps that pair together. We had six pairs and the temptation of the weekend, or we had to be careful of the weekend that we, the primary aim wasn't actually to build community among the six pairs. And that's really unique for running mm. uh, a camp, running mm. uh, an adventure that it, it's usually about facilitating cohesion among the group. But it's this particular weekend is about creating that intimacy between the two. And I think the the canoe works much better than many of the other options. So that's why we chose canoeing. The wilderness camping in the middle. So the first night was car camping, sort of drive down on Friday night. And then we push off in the canoes, loaded into waterproof barrels, sleeping bags, tents, stoves, food, put it all in the canoes and then push off and off we go into the, the wilderness. It would be classed as remote area. And so that's more than two hours away from medical care. Mm. And so when we're, we're thinking about risk and just when to press the, the magic button to call the helicopters in, <laughs> that, that just changes the feel. And, and I think the isolation of being out camping, it's, it's not caravan park camping. We're not yeah. plugging into anything. There's no reception. There's no need to have your phone on. There's no, not even any temptation to check it. It's just, it's just useless. No, yeah. yep. <laughs> and, and that's deliberately chosen. I'd hate it if they put in <laughs> mobile coverage because it just, it just makes the wilderness component so much more special. And then on the Sunday, as you're paddling in and, and coming into civilization, and then you get on the bus and load the canoes on the trailer and go back to the cars, that, that journey from A to B, we've, we've arrived somewhere, we've gone on an, event, an adventure together. I wasn't sure if we're going to make it. It was difficult. It was complicated. We did it together. Mm. And you were both able to be on that adventure? Yeah, I, I went along as well. <laughs> there was, so they ended up really with Sam being seven dads and, and sons and then me as well. Yeah. It wasn't intentionally father-child? It was father and child, but not necessarily father and son. So it could have right. been father-daughter. It was just in terms of how it worked with the the people that we enrolled in this time around. So in future, we would certainly look at father and daughter or mother and son, mother and daughter as well. Hopefully we get the opportunity to expand out and try a few different options. Yeah. And sorry, I kind of cut you off, but what was your role there? How did you find the experience being the only woman on camp? How was that for you? Yeah. Interestingly, I did not feel odd sort of being <laughs> the only female. I didn't feel like I was this like men's kind of um, weekend with me alongside. It really just felt like a parent and child situation. Part of it was just also to have a little bit of input. My background is that I'm a psychologist. And when we were talking about running this, we just thought, what what elements do we want to include that just help foster that connection? Mm. So, which was, we decided not too much. We didn't want to interfere and we wanted things to sort of naturally flow by just creating the time and space for um, parent and child to connect to each other with being in the canoe and 
and facing a challenge together. But we did just sort of include a few prompt questions to open up discussion while they were canoeing for those those stints together. I don't know that they necessarily needed it, but it was just something as like, this is a different um, thing to, to learn about each other while you're canoeing the next stint. Mm. Mm. And I think that is important because, yeah, we talked about the importance of quantity time with mm. kids. And I know even in my family and in my kids, I, you know, just it's easy to be overwhelmed by the mm. number of things that there are to do mm. in life uh, and realize that you haven't spent enough time on camps. Sam, both you and I earlier this year went on Fathering Adventures weekends with Darren Lewis, his good friend. The weekends aren't the same, but one of the things that I did through that weekend was to talk to my daughter. One of the questions he gives is, ask your child to give you a rating. And I said, oh, so, you know, what, what rating? And she said, oh, an eight. I go, oh, an eight's pretty good. You know, why, why an eight? She goes, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this. And I said, okay. But eight's not 10, is it? You know, what's, what's gone wrong? Yeah. yeah what, what have I not done enough of? And uh, classic, she just said, oh, I just would love to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. And when I took my son on a similar one number of years earlier, it was pretty much the same story. Like he mm-hmm. loves all of these things that we get to do together. And yet they never feel like there's enough time. And maybe there's never enough time, but there's certainly that mm-hmm. conviction that, oh, I could be spending more time doing these things. Mm. You didn't spend a lot of time in this camp in the sort of parent workshoppy, you know, how to parent kind of space. It was more about mm-hmm. just freeing up the pairs to go and be that. What was the decision there to just sort of release and be organic rather than actually have structured, you know, seminars, those kinds of things? Yeah, that's my background being uh, uh, outdoor education. We really wanted that curiosity to drive it so rather than... Um, um, force I'm the teacher you will learn from me I'm the expert Mm. we're not (laughs) (laughs) and um, being able to model parenting so our son came along with us as well and uh, we were able to model that as well Um, but also aware that we we may well have had to have modeled apologizing to him as well for (laughs) um, inadequacies so I think the facilitating an experience for dads to connect with their kids was was the primary aim the dads that we had were all great dads. Mm. And the thing that they were lacking was time with their Mm. son. Mm. I think they knew the theory. Uh, I think they get it. They just needed an opportunity to practice it. Yeah. Yeah. And by providing this weekend, it was a memorable weekend and and perhaps might anchor the year. Uh, Oh, this was the year we went on that adventure. Yes. And and this Mm. is a memory that you and I shared just together. So I, I think it just wasn't for the dads that we had, I'm just not sure that it was a worthwhile use of the time to yeah, pull the sons out and have, okay, here's, here's some sessions to help you with the theory that you're, you don't, you're not on top of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, um, I mean, that's, yeah, that was my, my feeling as well. We did just kind of decide that, yeah, we would go with a less structured, informative seminar type approach, but provide the opportunities for that natural connection as much as possible. Mm. And it seemed to to just naturally flow where I think there was just a lot of conversation between the dads and their their kids because there was really nothing else to do. <laughs> and I guess the other thing is just even that shared experience where, which you kind of say that memorable thing that you come back to where, you know, being able to even just stare at the beautiful surrounds, you know, like canoeing down that river is beautiful and I think it's really special that they got to enjoy that moment together and 
you know, they'll they'll remember. We we had some challenging conditions. It was really, really windy the first day that we went. Just not too windy that we couldn't go, but but really windy. And it was challenging and it was it was great to have that hardship to sort of overcome together and see yep. that they could do it. Yeah. One formal thing that you did build into the program was sort of an affirmation moment, which is again something that Darren does well on his camps. Tell us about what that was like for you. What, what What's the affirmation moment? What happens? And why is that an important part of what you did on the weekend? I shared that, that moment as well with Henry, uh, my youngest son, earlier this year. We started by looking at Jesus' baptism and God affirming his son. Uh, this is my son whom I love, whom I'm well pleased with. Um, you know, who's God talking to at that point? Is it to Jesus? Is it to the people around him? To have an opportunity to say the thing that we say to our kids, uh, many of us say to our kids every day before they go to school, I love you. It almost becomes a little bit cheap or a a little bit um, familiar is probably Mm. a better description. And just for for the son to hear their dad say, I love you in public, um, I don't care what anyone else thinks, Mm. this is how I feel about you and this is why I feel about you. And I think that the the why I feel about this way is... um, perhaps not done as often. And the the danger, I think, is that we say, I love you after a great sense of achievement. And then the the danger is that the child links achievement with love. And we've got to be really careful with that. And so just facilitating that in a a way that's, now this is unconditional love. I love these traits about you. And I'll always say this about you throughout your life. Yeah, I think it's just, it's special for the for the kids and it was interesting you know watch watching it unfold and often the kids are it's a little bit um I I guess not embarrassing might be the wrong word but all the attentions on them and their dad Mm. saying something publicly to them about how they love them but also just seeing their reaction through it as they start to to look at their dad and and let it sink in what's being said to them and I think it's not a very long moment but I think a really poignant moment that will stick with those boys for a long time to come. I think that's something they'll look back on and, and remember. So you've run the pilot. Part of this was to experiment with the idea. Part of it was just to see what kind of interest is out there. We'll talk about how people can find out more soon, but this little bit of reflection. What did you find? Yeah, did you, Was it a success? Are you going to do it again? Yeah, what did you learn from the experience? Yeah, I called each of the dads the week afterwards and and asked this and asked for a bit of a rating. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And uh, on the whole, very positive. Everyone spoke positively about it and we're we're glad they invested this time and money to to come away. So that was really encouraging. The expressions of interest process, we got about 23 expressions of interest for six positions. So I think that in itself was helpful feedback for us to know that there's there's a lot of people out there who are keen for this kind of thing. Mm. The complexity of the program, I think, was added to the demand. Um, people wanted to do something that they couldn't just walk down the streets and do. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, go down the coast to a caravan park and mm. get a cabin with your, ca- with your kid. I think we, we could probably do a little bit more in terms of asking those questions while we're canoeing. And we, we rafted up and had a question for fathers to share with their sons and, and vice versa. I think we, we there's probably a bit more work to to do there and and enhancing that, and there's there's some logistical um, errors that um, <laughs> that that could be improved on as well that uh, I won't bore you with. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, but definitely keen to to do it again.
Yeah, yeah, it's certainly. Uh, I had a great time, and, and <laughs> the the feedback was unanimously positive. Yeah, and and they're all that all, all six of them would be interested in bringing a sibling or or recommending it to others. So. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So the best way to continue connecting with uh, Sam and with this adventure is to go to the YouthWorks Facebook page. That's where future updates will be. As always, you could email me at effectiveministrypodcasts at youthworks.net and you can uh, touch base with me, give me feedback, but also if you want to reach out to Sam or hear more about these programs or how you might run something similar for those of us who are listening from overseas and think it's a great idea, you want to do something similar, I'm sure we'll be happy to share some info there. Lex, Sam, thank you so much for jumping on. It's been great to hear from you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. The Effective Ministry podcast is a production of YouthWorks in Sydney. We want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is by letting people know about this podcast in all the usual ways, like, comment, share, and review on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. If you've got comments, thoughts, or questions for this podcast, you can email us at effectiveministrypodcast at youthworks.net and also check out youthworks.net for other ways that YouthWorks can help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your church.